Welcome to the Grace Church Conversations podcast, a weekly resource to help you apply Sunday to Monday. I'm Jared. And I'm Craig. And we're joined by special guest, Caleb Wilkinson. Yes, I'm back. You're back, be back. It's been a while, hasn't it? The last time was over I'm the summer, keep, wasn't I'm not it? keeping track. I don't know. Too long. You don't keep track of... I don't know. It's not guest wrong. Appearances. It's just guest appearances, I guess. Yeah. So it's been too long. It has been too long. It's felt too long. Honestly, the podcast has felt empty. No offense, Craig. <laughs> no, it's it just, has, you know, I... when we're lacking the, you know, the, the amazing the beard. They say, uh, they say uh, quarter three, three strings. I think that's not uh, the context, but, uh, oh yeah, that's, that's right. That's number three. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, man. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for, for serving us on Sunday by bringing, mm. you know, preaching God's word and uh, just a really meaningful time we had together. Um, but before we jump into the questions and stuff, um, you know, I wanted to ask you guys kind of this question and I guess I'm going to point it at Craig. Okay. So as a pastor on staff, well, uh, you guys are both pastors on staff. You guys believe it's kind of your duty as the pastors to guard against, you know, false false doctrine, false belief, that sort of thing within the body, right? Uh, well, the answer is yes, but I don't and, know and where Craig, this is going. What you Craig, said for? Where is this going? And Craig, you, um, I, I mean, I, I feel like you kind of take like a maybe a, a more of a leadership role among the pastors, maybe. So do you take it upon yourself to kind of, I mean, I know together you guys are all friends. You guys kind yeah, of hold each plurality. other accountable, help yep. one another and just, you know, come yep. alongside one another and in your teaching and your, in your doctrine, all that stuff. That would be correct, right? Yep. So the, here's cool. the setup. Here we go. Well, here's what I'm wondering is how under your watch you could allow Caleb to come in on a Sunday morning and talk about Star Wars in such a haphazard manner. <laughs> well, I mean, there were several moments in in what you were presenting that I looked over at Rob and we he just shook his head at me and we both we both understood that that maybe your your Star Wars doctrine wasn't as strong as it could be. Yeah. And oh. and so I mean beyond just that that responsibility to guard against false teaching, false doctrine. Uh, and I'm not saying you're a false teacher, but uh-huh. it, it was it was kind of on the edge. So where where um, were the where were the holes? Yeah. Well, well here's the thing. I was especially shocked, Craig, in light of your love for Star Wars oh and your deep understanding of, of, you know, the lore and the backstory that you didn't just stand up and, and bring correction in that moment. <laughs> well, no, yeah, I, I have no interest in Star Wars, <laughs> no time for it. But here's what helped me. I mean, here's all my, here's my sermon notes. I'll show them to you from wow. Caleb's message, which is outstanding. My top note, I quoted him in the second service. I am a distant fan at best. <laughs> That's what go. he said. He said, I am a distant fan. So I yeah. said, okay, he's just becoming, he's That's being fair. all things to all people. Yeah. Hey, there you go. And yeah. b- by all means to win some. Exactly. So, so this might saying, be an opportunity for him to help you. Yeah, now where he more. helped me was the Cars illustration. <laughs> when he started talking about Lightning McQueen, yeah. see, I would rather have that illustration. I, w- I was tracking with that oh, more than man. Anakin. That's so. <laughs> so funny. Trying. No, I'm just poking fun at you, Was it obvious he got Disney Plus for Christmas? All He had like multiple Disney Plus references. Yeah, I almost quoted, I think, Remember the Titans, too. Yeah. Yeah. Were they like, sponsoring wow. your sermon? Yeah. You did this <laughs> sermon brought to you by Disney+. Yeah, exactly. Plus. You should have. Every illustration. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, no, I, I knew. I kind of thought when he got on Star Wars, I said, Jared will bring this up. <laughs> it's not that I don't like it. It's just, uh, it just doesn't interest no, me. No, no, no. I, I get it. Yeah. No, there Caleb, were some people I that totally came up afterwards. And my, this is my first time here, and I brought my 
child. I'm so glad you talked yeah, about Star yeah. Wars. Absolutely. I thought it was a great <laughs> illustration. Yeah, very it was. Good I, I thought it was a really great way but to I'm, set things but up. But I'm interested, and, where's the holes in the, are the holes in Star Wars theology, like the summary of the narrative? No, or is it more by the lack of it Well, I think the one was that you had watched episode two and had no idea that um, Anakin is Darth Vader. Yeah. I mean, cause you said, here's my, my well, biggest I commend thing. You. Was, if you yeah. didn't get it, I can no idea. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, that's where I know that it's not just that you're disinterested, Craig. It's that you, uh, you, you are an enemy of star Wars. Yeah. That's what you are. <laughs> okay. Here was what I was, I, I saw as a whole was you said you grew up watching the original movies, right? Sort of, yeah. Okay. The VHS tap, tapes, watched them, thought it was cool, but it wasn't able to follow the narrative. Oh, okay. Just well, looking fair. at the weird things, interested with so, my older so siblings. It, so your sermon was misleading at best, I oh, guess. Man. Yeah. Oh, man. You implied no. that you were some kind of fan. and uh, I know, thought whatever. it was a great sermon. No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> totally poking fun. Honestly, I was talking to Rob Black, and you know he's always helping me find opportunities to... You know, bring up Star Wars and attack Craig with it. Okay, yeah, I didn't so know that was really, going this on. wasn't really about you. This I'm was more to, about Craig. So yeah. Stir it up. Yeah. Star Wars analogies. More to come. I haven't seen those. <laughs> I hope so, one. man. Dude, thank you so much again. Seriously, I'm I'm totally playing. I'm totally messing with you. You did such a great job serving our church mm-hmm. and on such an important topic. I mean, the the idea of perseverance. Um, can carry so much, so many questions with it, so much uncertainty, you know, and as Christians, yeah. uh, it's something that's deeply important to our, to, to our lives here mm. on earth of, yeah. of how we walk with one another, how we walk with the Lord, uh, and our hope for the future, you know, trusting that, that when, when, when we, uh, when we come to faith in Jesus, that that's not just going to slip away, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, I thought you did a great job of presenting this, this topic. And obviously it wasn't merely just one topic. It was broadly and you, you were speaking from scripture, but we did get some good questions. So why don't we go ahead and dive in on those, on the questions of, of Hebrews 10 and then just perseverance. I think it would be really helpful. Uh, and as a reminder, you can text in your sermon-related questions to 469-573-2920, or you can email those in at podcast at gracechurchfrisco.org. And here is the first question. Regarding Hebrews 10.26, what does it mean when it says deliberate sin? And should we still be afraid of God's wrath? It's a really good question. Mm. It's a really good question. I, I, you know, wish we could we could just go through the whole book of Hebrews and uh, really, <laughs> you know, do a sermon on the next section. But yeah. um, I think it's important to see that four there um, at the beginning of that verse four. Yeah. Would you Would sin. you mind reading that for us, or do you want? Me yeah. To read verse it really twenty-six uh, yeah. says, "For if we deliberately sin after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins." Mm. So the four there is 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 basically saying. That, the reason or ground for the pre this is the reason or ground for the previous exhortations. You know, mm-hmm. let us uh, draw near, let us uh, hold fast. So um, it's the reason for the exhortation. So he's he's basically giving the remedies, and yeah. it's say, don't get sick, don't don't get sick, take these remedies. Yeah. Um, so um, so he's giving them so that people don't fall away. But here, sinning deliberately isn't quite what you mean, like the battle with sin that all of us go through. Yeah. Yes, our hearts and our wills are typically involved, if not always involved yep. yeah. with uh, sin. So, so it's not saying, you know, that there are some, some sins that are not deliberate is kind of... No, I, I think what it's saying, you, you can see it when you uh, juxtapose it to the, the mm-hmm. rest of the, the, the rest of the verse. So it says, 
sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth. Yeah. So yeah. Um, this is uh, what he's referring to here is like a high-handed sin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that, you know, again, the will isn't involved in, in any other sin. It's um, yeah. so the, 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 the questioner is, is discerning there. There's mm-hmm. always will involved. Um, but here deliberately sinning is, is willfully sinning and mm-hmm. refusing to repent. It's sort of uh, what can be called a high-handed mm-hmm. sin. And um, connecting it here to after receiving, you know, deliberately sinning after receiving the knowledge of the truth uh, should probably be taken actually as if you reject the truth that you just received. If you reject the truth, uh, then you just receive. Basically, if you desert the living God, if you commit apostasy, if you leave the faith, if you do this... um, then there's no other place for forgiveness. Yeah. You know, G- Jesus yeah. is the only, the gospel is the only place to receive forgiveness. There's no place outside of Christ to turn yeah. to yeah. for forgiveness. And so if you intentionally turn away from the gospel, if you reject the gospel, if you reject this truth, uh, there is no forgiveness. Yeah. And therefore you will receive, you, you will face God's wrath. You yeah. will face his judgment. Hmm. So that's good. That's how I would, I'd read it. Um, yeah, I think and, that and, makes sense. Yeah, and and if you do this, then you're you're not a genuine believer after all. Is what mm. I think what the Bible would teach as well. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Craig, do you have anything to? No, add? I think that's really good. Cool. Yeah, that nope, was, nothing that was to add. Good. Okay. Uh, next question is this: What about people who struggle with depression? Sometimes their hope in God is dim. Can you please discuss this? Well, yeah, I think uh, whoever's asking this is right. A depressed person by nature struggles mm-hmm. with hope. I mean, I think yeah. one, one major symptom of depression is hopelessness. Yeah. Right. Um, so, but I, I would say a depressed person is still called to hope, uh, mm-hmm. is still called to wait on the Lord. Yeah. And it's encouraging when you look at the history of the church, because the history of the church is filled with this. I was yeah. reading about Martin Luther this morning and I wrote down a quote, um, uh, from one of his letters to a friend, he, he said, for more than a week, I've been thrown back and forth in death and hell. Mm. My whole body feels beaten. Wow. My limbs are still trembling. I almost lost Christ completely, mm. driven about by waves and storms of despair wow. and blasphemy against God. But because wow. of the intercession of the faithful, God began to take mercy on me and tore my soul from the depths of hell. Hmm. So I read that because it's, it's encouraging when you see guys like this who we yeah. esteem as these are these are the, the heroes the, of the faith. Heroes yeah, of the Reformation. Yeah. These are heroes yeah. of faith. They had great faith. Yeah. Um, they struggle with yeah things like depression. Um, so I I, I I get encouragement from that. I think that's why it's important yeah. to read biography is because a lot of the saints that went before us weren't didn't have this. Um, polished sort of showroom faith. Yeah. You, you can read Hebrews 11 and see that. Yeah. But I think it's important to, to know that we're not being called to perfect hope. Mm-hmm. We're not um, called to a hope that's never never rattled, mm-hmm. that's never tested, that's never tried. Um, we're not called, in other, in other words, naive optimism, mm-hmm. where, you know, as if it's possible to... Uh, you know, get, get very far in life, uh, with, with hope and like no suffering or yeah. never being tried. Yeah. Right. Um, but for a Christian, I think this text would say for a Christian to persevere, they cannot give into unrelenting despair where basically you have no hope at all. The lights go out, everything is black. Um, and the good thing about hope is that it's not necessarily binary. 
mm-hmm. you know, basically, uh, you know, it's it's all or nothing. Yeah, it's, right. it's Either black or, or white. <laughs> yeah, all, yeah, all hope or no hope. Yeah, um, I think bi- you'll see in the Psalms that biblical hope is often mixed with much struggle, uh, much That's suffering. So hope is like, I said this in my sermon, uh, in Psalm 42 and 43, hope is often like holding a candle in a dark room and it's yeah. flickering. And the room's very dark, but there's a flicker of mm-hmm. light. Um, the candle is still burning though. So just you know, reread uh, Psalm 42 and 43 mm-hmm. and you'll see that uh, biblical hope is a fight. It's, it's, it's faithful suffering. And so I, I would say the, the, the depressed person will have to fight for their life to hope. And, uh, and they'll also need others blowing on the small flicker of hope that exists. You know, they need, they'll need other people to fan it uh, yeah. and keep it alive. We've sometimes said around here, borrow my hope yeah. when, when your yeah. hope is low. Um, so, um, so it's gonna be difficult, but we do this in a community. We persevere in community, and uh, but you are called hope as part of the persevering. So, yeah. um, I think it is important to uh, to realize too this. I think we, we get this off a lot. There, it's important to make a distinction between like the sources of a person's suffering and the the source of their thinking, feeling, mm. and acting. So there, there is a distinction. Mm-hmm. The way we think, the way we feel, the way we act can be strongly influenced by a, a medical condition like sure. depression. I think what they're referring to here is probably medical right. diagnosed mm. depression. Yeah. Uh, any other trial at the same. Um, so the way we think, feel, and act can be strongly influenced by something like that, but it's not dictated by it. Mm. Um, so, you know, our thoughts, feelings, and actions always flow from and expose our heart condition. So I don't think a medical condition can shut out the light. Yeah. I think you can put strong pressure on it. Right. But it can't shut out the light of hope. Uh, it can make it very difficult. It can make it feel like... Uh, so difficult, it might feel like it's dictating, but it's not dictating. Or, um, you know, uh, hope something we're called to, hope something God gives us, and uh, hope can't be put out by uh, by biological depression or whatnot. Mm. So, uh, so I'll say maybe one more time: while it can be difficult to hope in God when our biochemistry is off, I think that's what they're referring to. Um, no one will ever ultimately not hope in God because of their biochemistry. Yeah. That's, that's uh, the, good. The biochemistry is formative. It's a strong influencer, but it's not a dictator. Yeah. And uh, so I hope this can be an encouragement because yeah, there's hope you can remain with God in rainy days or rainy years or a yeah. rainy, dark life. You can right. you can call out to the Lord at the bottom of the pit in yeah. Psalm 40. And something good about Psalm 40 is it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. It, he doesn't mention how long he's in that pit or, mm-hmm. or anything. So I think there's hope here that uh, you can remain with God. You can hope with God on ra- rainy days, rainy rainy years, a rainy life. Yeah, mm. that's good. Yeah, I think that's important to, to think about too because I think a lot of the time we can get stuck in our heads and almost play mind games with ourselves of just saying like, you know, would someone who's really saved struggle this way? Would someone who really trusts right. in Jesus have these feelings, you know? And so... Uh, I think what you said about, you know, even those dark thoughts, those dark rainy days um, and, you know, those dark feelings and and oftentimes, you know, you know, the chemistry in our in our 
brains making us feel a certain way can't dictate whether or not you know we're in Christ. Yeah, I think is is really helpful. It's, it's dangerous when you when you say do I have you know you evaluate your hope based off of your feelings too. Yeah. Like uh, it's got to be based off I think evaluated based off the object of your hope. Um, I think everybody's probably hoping in something at all the time. Right. So what's the object of your hope and uh, and so you know I, I think. Uh, if you're evaluating your feelings alone, I think you might say, well, I don't have any hope, therefore I'm not, a, you know, maybe I'm not a Christian. But I, th- I think you say, well, focus on Jesus, focus on his mm-hmm. work, what he's done um, for you. Or do, do you hope in, do you hope in that? Don't, no, yeah. We're lo- not looking at feelings right now. We're looking at the Jesus yeah. and his work. What, yeah. What's your hope look like when yeah. you think about that? That's really good. Yeah. And, and especially in terms of this idea of uh, perseverance. Um, and maybe even borrowing uh, an analogy that Paul uses of running a race of, you know, if you cross the finish line, it you know, <laughs> being sad along the way or having struggles along the way or or struggling with uh, depression or struggling with uh, different aspects of, of being humans walking this earth doesn't dictate whether or not you actually cross that line. It's, you know, did you cross the line? Did you reach the end? Did you finish the race? Yeah. Um, I think is important to think D. about. D.A. Carson gives a, uh, like a great illustration of, of, of this, uh, just has really stuck out with me or it's really stuck. Yeah. Stuck out to me ever since I heard it. He, he kind of gives the analogy of, of, uh, imagine the night before the Passover. Mm. And he says, imagine, you know, two Jewish guys in Egypt. Okay. called Benjamin and Joseph, let's say, and they're talking uh, the night before the Passover, and Benjamin says to Joseph, "How are you feeling? What, what, what are you thinking about? What, uh, uh, what are you thinking about? The, 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 what, you know, what, what the what the angels is going to do?" Mm. And uh, you know, Joseph's asking Benjamin, and Benjamin said, "I'm good. I'm going to sleep in peace. We mm. we put the blood of the lamb over there. They, they, you know, we were told right. that this would work, and so I'm going to sleep in peace. And my children, I'm going to call my children to sleep in peace." And Benjamin says, "How about you, Joseph?" And Joseph says. I'm terrified. There's no way I'm going to sleep tonight. Mm. Maybe he says back to Benjamin, um, maybe it's easy for you to say you got three sons. I got one. I got one son. I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm terrified. And, um, and well, did you put blood over your door? Yes, I did. Mm. Um, well, then D.I. Carson pulls out the little story and he says, well, well, who's, who's going to be saved? Mm. And, uh, which one, Benjamin or Joseph? Mm. And the answer is, of course, both of them. Right. Because yeah. both of them are hoping in in the Lord. Both of them are hoping in the blood of the Lamb. Yeah. Right. And one is anxious, feeling very different. Yeah. His affect wow. is very different. Yeah. But it's the object of your hope. Um, did you put blood? Are you trusting in the blood of the Lamb? You put it on your door. Yeah. And, ultimately, uh, yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. Uh, the New Testament version might be, I believe, help my unbelief. Yeah. yeah sure. You know. Yeah, for sure. I think also just thinking about, that's really good, Caleb. I think also thinking about uh, this whole, this message in the series on on the church and on community and what you just referred to this. Uh, I, I think we all go through times when our hope is dim. Uh, and I mean, I can't relate to many who suffer with the area of depression. I don't suffer in a sort of a biological, biochemistry kind of a way where it's a chronic condition for me, and I know it is for many who struggle tremendously that way, but everybody knows a degree of down times, depressed Mm -hmm. seasons or seasons of uh, really discouragement and and that sort of thing. And I I think that uh, 
one of the greatest helps we have is being with others, you know, uh, yeah. it's, it's the community. Yeah. If hopelessness, it characterizes, um, depression. I've got to believe also that feeling alone does as well. So often yeah. no one isolation. understands isolation, yeah. loneliness, uh, no one, I, I feel, I feel disconnected yeah. and uh, I'm alone in this and I've lost my hope. Has God forsaken me? I feel alone, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes just the reminder of being with others, it's that it's presence, it's Christian yeah. community. It's mm-hmm. being together. That It's not someone even just lecturing me. It's mm-hmm. certainly not lecturing, but it's not even somebody just teaching me. It's just being together together. It's singing songs with the yeah, people of God right. on a yeah. Sunday morning. It's going to a group and actually taking an hour to hear other people's story as well and mm-hmm. to bear some of their burdens, even when I feel overwhelmingly burdened to step out of myself and say, I'm part of a family here and I, I God's calling me to bear another yeah. burden. It's yeah. that being connected, which yeah. I think stirs hope. So it's not, doesn't mean that you come not saying, uh, being overly simplistic, you come to a, a meeting and your depression's over. Yeah. But I think even people that aren't Christians get this. Oh, I mean, to say that's that, why yeah. people who suffer oftentimes are in, in, in have group therapy. Yeah. There, there's that sense of being with others and, and how much more when we're gathered around, not a broke, not just brokenness, but yeah. we're gathered around the hope of Christ, fellowshipping in Christ as well. So I think that togetherness brings hope. And I love that. Borrow someone else's hope. There's times when I do feel discouraged, but I'm in a group and someone else is sharing something. I feel like, yes, I'm uh, I'm encouraged. Or I share my burdens. Happened last Friday night. I shared a burden. Um, Caleb was in the room. We were in a a group together. And uh, Ginger and I shared a burden. And then to receive prayer and to receive probably listening more than even counsel, just people carrying it with me. I just left really with felt like, you know, uh, much lighter from having been gathered. So I think this idea of uh, what about the depressed person? And again, why wouldn't I wouldn't um, I can't I haven't experienced what many have. I, I certainly have experienced it to a degree to know, man. Uh, when you feel under it and you don't have, and you have limited hope and you're saying, where are you, God, in the middle yeah. of this? No. To be around his people, it means everything. Yeah. Ho- hoping, we said perseverance is a community project. Uh, I think this text says hoping is a community project. You know, re- maintaining hope yeah. is a community project. The, the second practice says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Corporate. So yeah, exactly. And that, that, what's, what's tragic is... Um, when you're feeling depressed, that's the last thing you want to that's do. That's the last thing you want. You, you want to isolate, right? You want to isolate, yeah. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, let's go ahead and hit this last question here. How does God's sovereignty and man's responsibility come together in perseverance? And that's a really good question. I mean, I, I think in terms of perseverance, what does that look like? Is it me doing all the work yeah. or is it God doing some of the work? You know, what does that look like? So, yeah, what, what do you guys think about that? How does God's sovereignty and man's responsibility come together in perseverance. Yeah, that's a great question. I would my my short answer would be uh, like like a lot of the rest of Christian life, like uh, like salvation, like repentance, like sanctification. Um, it's it's a mystery, and they're both true. We got as Christians, we got to hold on to uh, human responsibility, our responsibility, yep. and God's sovereignty uh, together. Um, there's a great short book uh, on this in particular called "Run to Win the Prize" by Thomas Schreiner. I'd commend to you if you want to read more about that. It's about perseverance in the New Testament. And um, 
It might be helpful. Uh, I wrote down a quote from him in this book, or from the book, and it might be helpful to, to, to share it. Uh, yeah. It, it says... Uh, which which it, one is it? It's uh, Run to Win the Prize. He says, The warning passages in Hebrews are not accusing the readers as if they had fallen away. They admonish them so that they will not fall away. The warnings are prospective, not mm. retrospective. Mm. They are like a road sign that cautions drivers of dangers ahead on the highway. They are written so that readers will heed the warnings and escape the threatened consequence. Parents warn their children against running into the street so they will not be struck by a car and perish. So too, poisonous products have dramatic signs on them so no one will ingest the poison and die. The purpose of the warnings in the New Testament is redemptive and salvific. Hmm. The Lord uses them as means so that believers will escape death. Yeah. So the warnings, they're real. They're real warnings, but they're, they are means of God's keeping us. They are uh, one of his means of holding on to us and giving us eternal security. Um, so we got to keep this all in context. Uh, but but the warnings are actually, it, it, it shows how it goes together. I'm warning you. You heed to my warning and yeah. I'm saving you. I'm keeping you by giving you the warning and, and whatnot. So, hmm. so uh, a, a natural question is, do, do people uh, who say, do real Christians fall away? Uh, well, first, do be, at least do people, do Christians who prefer, do people who cr- profess Christianity fall away from the faith? And um, the answer is yes. People commit apostasy. Uh, mm-hmm. And we just need to go to 1 John 2, verse 19. And we see that very clearly. It says, They went out from us, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. So... Um, so people who profess Christianity mm-hmm. can commit apostasy, but genuine believers, it says, can't commit apostasy. Uh, and those who commit apostasy just prove that they they've never they're never uh, really saved. Um, so the Bible teaches eternal security for the genuine believer. It says, John ten says, uh, "My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father has given them to me." My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Mm. I and the Father are one. So Jesus is saying, not even nothing will snatch you out of my hands. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, not even yourself. Yeah. I yeah. got gotcha. you. You're secure eternally. And you see that Philippians 1, 2, when he says, uh, Paul tells the Philippian church, he who began a good work in it will carry it to completion. Yeah, basically. that's good. Yeah. So, but God, but God, like we mentioned, uses means, and one of the means uh, is the warnings. One of them is our will. So Philippians yeah. 2 says, yeah. work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God who works yeah. in you, both to will and work according to his good will. And, uh, and, and so I think we got it. He uses means. So God does it. He's sovereign, but he uses means. And... Uh, one of the means is our wills, and one of them is the warning passages. Um, so, um, you know, maybe the qu- ne- next question is, so what do we do? What are we to do? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, I think, you know, how, how do we have assurance of faith? I think we, we basically, our responsibility is to never stop pressing into mm. these practices. Philippians 3 says, I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. So yeah. we we press on because he's pressed on to make us his own. We 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 push into these practices. We 
we never stop running to God. We never stop remaining with God. We never mm-hmm. stop reinforcing God's people. So this really puts an uh, yeah. ups the, the stakes on church membership and church yeah. involvement. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to read. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to read. Maybe you can comment on that. We'd love to f- share something I read from Spurgeon that was just amazing. I think. Uh, yeah. Captures, Please do. Capture some of this. You got any thoughts on ne- that? Never, I'll allow ne- it. Never reject the Spurge. <laughs> okay. Who okay. he himself, speaking of the last question, was he, he depressed. Yeah, yeah he, he was depressed. Famously oh, struggled with depression significantly. Yeah, Cal- Calvin too. Although all, 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 a lot of the heroes. Mm. Well, uh, Schreiner says I noted earlier that Spurgeon believed the warnings in Hebrews were addressed to believers, but he did not conclude that true believers could fall away. He said regarding the warning in Hebrews six, but says one, you say they cannot fall away. What is the use of putting this if in? Like a bugbear to frighten children or like a ghost that can have no existence? (laughs) My learned friend, who art thou that replies against God? If God has put it in, he has put it in for wise reasons and for Mm. excellent purposes. Let me show you why. First, O Christian, it is put in to keep thee from falling away. Mm. God preserves his children from falling away. But he keeps them by the use of means. Right. And one of these is the terrors of the law, showing them what would happen if they were to fall away. There is a deep precipice. What is the best way to keep anyone from going down there? Well, to tell him that if he did, he would inevitably be dashed to pieces. In some old castle, there is a deep cellar where there is a vast amount of fixed air and gas which would kill anybody who went down. What does the guide say? If you go down, you will never come up alive. Who thinks of going down? The very fact of the guide telling us what the consequences would be keeps us from it. Our friend puts away from us a cup of arsenic. He does not want us to drink it, but he says, if you drink it, it will kill you. Does he suppose for a moment that we should drink it? Mm. No, he tells us the consequences and he is sure we will not do it. So God says, my child, if you fall over this precipice, you will be dashed to pieces. What does the child do? He says, Father, this is our responsibility. What does the child do? He says, Father, keep me. Hold thou me up and I shall be safe. So it leads the believer to greater dependence on God, to a holy fear and caution, because he knows that if he were to fall away, he could not be renewed. And he Hmm. stands far away from that great gulf. Because he knows that if he were to fall into it, there would be no salvation for him. Wow. Mm. That's so good. That captures our responsibility. Yeah. And yeah. what do we say? We say, Lord, keep us. Lord, keep, keep us. us. I don't yeah. want to go close to that. Keep yeah. us. We sell, and, we, and we press into these practices. How do you keep us? I, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to encourage one another. I'm going to be known yeah. so people can encourage me. I'm going to keep yeah. drawing near to you. I'm going to, I'm going to hope in you. And that's what we do. We say, you know, we, we say, Father, keep us. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's good. So the Very warnings, good. though, I think it's important to notice the warnings are means. They're means, yeah. yeah. They're part the part of the way he actually does it's keep part us. Of what he uses. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. Craig, do you have any thoughts that you'd like to share on this? Well, I just I think it's really good. I, I um, uh, one verse that came to mind that I think really talks as well about uh, our responsibility and his and I is uh, this verse in First Peter, where it says, you know, God caused us to be born again. This <clears throat> First Peter one. Uh, verse four, it says we're, um, he's given us an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading our salvation, basically. And he says, it is kept in heaven for you, 
who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation. So there's a passive, God is guarding me. Mm -hmm. God has our salvation, our inheritance, and he is guarding it. And there it says, what is the means he's guarding it? Through faith. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I thought the illustration that, that Caleb, you, that you used on Sunday, which uh, is a really great picture of that verse, was the one of crossing the street with your kids, yeah. where you warn them, uh, hey, you know, it, don't stop. It's a busy street and we're going to hold hands. Don't stop. We're going to walk all the way across. And the reality is that if any point, so they've been warned, that was a means of preserving them to the other side. If they get distracted, as you said, and reach down for the coin on the ground, it's going to be your grip that's going to hold them. They're being guarded. They're they're faith. They're hanging on. But even when they get distracted, it's really your hold that's ultimate. But there's still a warning and a call to hold on. Um, And so I think that I think that aptly describes what what Peter's saying. Peter's saying you've been given a faith. It's it's been you've been caused to be born again. God is guarding. But you are it's being guarded through faith, not just merely so the the idea of sometimes the phrase once saved always saved is used and and sometimes that's misunderstood to mean doesn't matter what you do i pray to prayer mm. i'm in for good i can go do whatever but the bible doesn't say that the, the, he says no you're being all, all these things there's war, there's a call to persevere and it's both it's the preservation of the saints he's preserving us and we persevere we can only persevere because he's preserving us yeah. but it's both um we we were saved and we're being saved we are being saved yeah so the idea of i, I prayed a prayer in, at uh, third grade in vacation bible school and haven't given god much a thought since and i'm 30 now well, I don't. I don't think you should feel real secure uh, in your yeah. faith. It hasn't really worked itself out in your life. Uh, so, yeah. I, I think that um, I think what you're saying is really good. And I, I, what I'd never really thought much about until Sunday when you were preaching was I haven't given a lot of thought to the again the communal aspect. You were sh- the context of that pressing on is don't forsake. It is yeah. mm-hmm. gathering together. It is when this this is one. This is a means, as you said, not only for hope but for a growth in godliness. So I think that's super important is that we're confident. It, ultimately, our confidence is in him, but we yeah. are pressing on ourselves mm-hmm. yeah. and we're doing that together. We're, we're going to every no man left behind, as you said, mm. you know, yeah. we're 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 uh, we're going to cross the finish line by grace because God's going to get us there. But we're going to do it together yep. and we're going to uh, throw ourselves all in and spur one another on to yeah. pressing on. So I thought that was really, really good. As a matter of fact, I don't know if was that the last question because I had something I wanted to say. Yeah, that's the last question. Uh, yeah. I just want to say, Caleb, I thought it was a great message. Yeah. And one of the things yeah. that I think the church can observe, um, if I can speak like an old guy, uh, <laughs> a word from dad, um, I, I feel like we're watching you grow uh, before our very eyes yeah. as a pastor. And so I feel like you showed up at Grace Church with pastoral experience, a lot of counseling experience yeah. and some experience being a pastor as well. Um, but but I think what we've observed, you did an internship and then you were um, you know ordained and now you are continuing pastoral ministry. But every time you preach, it's always good. But I've just seen a marked sort of growth in stature. Uh, and it's something the Lord's doing. And, and someone mentioned this to me about, or actually mentioned to Ginger. Wow, I can see Caleb, uh, you know, um, 
like growing before our eyes. And I thought that's exactly what I was sitting there. I was thinking about the text and the Lord, but I was also thinking this guy's growing and, uh, you know, he, there's still some amateur, he's talking about star Wars, but, (laughs) but he's growing and maturing. Uh, I didn't say he's all the way there. Well, thank you for watching me like a hawk and at the very first chance you get uh, (laughs) encouraging encouraging me. No, you are. I just see like, so it's a wonderful, it's wonderful to see someone grow in their gifting and, and you, you have a, uh, you have maturity beyond your years, but what's great is to see the Lord. And part of that also is just growing in a congregation. You know, you grow in your gifts and in community as you know people and they know you. So that's not just for you. That's for everyone. We're all, no one, no one's going to grow in your spiritual gifts apart from the body of Christ. And, um, so all of us, the Lord has a calling for us and, um, and, and that, that works itself out with others, but I, it's just great to watch you develop, mature, grow, and just keep getting better and better. And the Lord's using you. And it's so encouraging to me. You're nowhere near your ceiling. And I can't even imagine where that's going to be because you're a really gifted, mature, godly man. And it was great just to learn from you Sunday. So thank you, man. Yeah. Well, thank you. Keep it's growing. I will second that. Yeah. yeah. Great job, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on here, too. Yeah, thanks for being here. And, uh, well, before we go, Craig, is there anything upcoming you want to share? I'm going to be really brief, right? Yeah. I'll be brief here because I think we've probably already gone over time. But, hey, so much is happening in the life of the church right now. Yeah. That month at a glance, I looked at that and it thought, should that be year at a glance? (laughs) There's so many events (laughs) happening in January and early February. Yeah. So one thing I didn't want to get missed that we drew a little bit of attention to Sunday, but maybe you weren't there, listener, you weren't there, uh, those who are listening, I just wanted to draw attention to, and that is one of our big goals as a church or one of our big uh, things we're moving towards at this point in the life of our church is to take steps towards a partnership with other churches as a church. Because just as Caleb was talking about Sunday, why Christians need other Christians Churches need other churches Mm -hmm. as well. And um, so we're really kicking off a couple of things to help us explore partnership this month. So one I mentioned is that this Sunday, Jeff Betcher will be preaching. He's he's a pastor of a church in uh, Philadelphia. Is it called Christ Church? I should know his church's name. I think that's it. I think that's it. Uh, but our Christ community, anyway, I'll, I'll know before Christ Sunday. Church of the Northeast. I'll know before yeah. Sunday. Uh, but he uh, is a friend. I know him. I just don't know the name of his church. Uh, he will be in to speak at Rise Up Weekend. He'll preach on Sunday. And he is part of a, a brand new group of churches that is forming um, called Trinity Fellowship Churches. And so uh, we've been kicking the tires, learning a little bit about them. So we're bringing him in to speak. And then on the 29th, Wednesday, the 29th, the last Wednesday of this month, there's no community group because it's a fifth Wednesday. We're going to have a family meeting. And at that family meeting, what we'd like to do is just share what we've been learning as we've been doing some exploring. Uh, and we wanted to draw uh, the church into that process. So we're going to be talking a little bit about what we're learning and about this particular group in particular, what we're finding out. And uh, so that'll be a really key meeting as a church. And then in February, we're bringing someone else in from this group. Uh, his name's Ian McConnell. He'll be with us on February the 16th, I believe is the mm-hmm. Sunday. And then on Saturday night, the 15th, we're going to do another family meeting. What? Two family meetings in three weeks? <laughs> we're, yeah, let's, while it's fresh on everybody's mind. Yeah. Uh, so he will, he'll do a family meeting with us. He'll come and we're working out the details. I'm still thinking that through, but it'll probably be a little bit of Q&A with him and some dialogue, interview him and have him teach a little bit or something like that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that'll be on the 15th. So those are two big things coming up that 
just wanted to share about uh, because we kind of in the last quarter of last of 2019 talked about partnership yeah. and moving uh, from one partnership and looking to another one. Uh, we talked about that, but now we're really trying to take some positive steps. So I just wanted to share in the act all that's going on that could easily be missed yeah. uh, and I didn't want you to miss it. So there you go. And we're actually, Jeff will be on this podcast for next week as yes, well. Yes, he so will. I'm, I'm really looking forward yeah, to it. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great cool. time. So cool. Well, thanks for the, for the reminder there, Craig. And uh, yeah, thanks for your time guys. Hey uh, listeners really quick. Just want to let you know this podcast and the Grace Church Sermons podcast is now available on Spotify and I am trying to get it up in other areas. I think the sermons podcast is up on iHeartRadio. I could be wrong. Uh, I'm waiting for uh, the Conversations podcast that you're listening to to be up there as well. So we'll on, see. It's on, we'll, H, it's on HBO as well. Yeah. <laughs> HBO and Showtime. No, but that's, that's a special extra. Conversations you gotta, you gotta, miniseries. You got to pay extra. For yeah, that. That's premium. That's premium content. That's premium guys. content. Anyway, so hopefully that helps you. Uh, ho- hopefully we're reaching into some of the areas that you're already connected and make it easier for you to listen. So. Appreciate you guys tuning in again. Thank you, Caleb, for joining us, man. Such Thanks a good for having time. me, guys. Craig. Thanks for listening. Thanks for doing what you're doing, Yeah, Jared. absolutely, man. And Craig, thank you for time as always. We'll see you guys again next week. Bye-bye.